We've got good news for folks applying for jobs, but potentially a headache for those posting the jobs. Today on the podcast, we speak with the former in-house counsel at eBay and Airbnb about the pay transparency laws sweeping the country and about why in-house lawyers need to get involved in this now to avoid having to be involved later. Hello, you're listening to On the Merits, the weekly legal news podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. You ever been looking online at job postings and thought to yourself, man, that job looks really cool, but what does it pay? Well, in California, just hours ago on Tuesday, September 27th, Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill that would make that scenario a thing of the past. The new law will require all employers to make it clear how much a job pays before they begin the hiring process. But unlike with many other laws, the Golden State is actually not out in front on this. Other states have already passed similar laws, with Colorado's being the only one currently in effect. If you're a job seeker, you're probably thrilled with this. But if you're a company that's doing some hiring, and it seems like that's pretty much every company these days, this makes things a little more complicated for you. Our newest columnist here at Bloomberg Law, Rob Chesnut, recently wrote about all the legal landmines these pay transparency laws pose. Rob has years of experience as an in-house counsel at both Airbnb and eBay, and he also did a stint as a federal prosecutor, so he knows a thing or two about legal risks. I spoke to him from his home in the Bay Area about what companies should be doing to get out ahead of this and about what these types of pay transparency laws actually do. The laws require employers to list information about the salary or pay range for open positions that they are advertising. Uh, There are a number of different versions of this law. I think the state of New York has three or four different versions because individual cities are now even passing the laws. So the specifics of each law vary. But generally, uh, a job advertisement has to have uh, the, the, the range of salary or the range of the hourly rate that the employer uh, is offering for that particular pay grade. Do you know if there are specific uh, requirements on the how big the range could be? Like, could it be something ridiculous, like from zero to a hundred thousand dollars a year? You know, like uh, most of these laws have some basic requirement that the range have uh, uh, some relation to the actual uh, range for the position. So uh, you you can't uh, comply with the law simply by putting in a broad range. However, you know the uh, the laws generally only cover the salary or hourly rate. Does not include typically uh, a requirement that you put in information about bonuses, uh, stock options, for example. Um, you know things that can you know have a significant impact on what someone actually makes. Uh, do not have to be put in the uh, in the job advertising. Not to mention benefits, I guess. I mean, that's a huge part of compensation, and it sounds like that's probably not covered here either, right? That's not covered either, correct. Yeah. Um, so you wrote a column about this, and I get the sense from your column that you think there are going to be a lot more of these laws across the country in the future, um, and that companies should really be proactive in you know, changing their policies rather than wait for these laws to be passed in their jurisdiction. Can you talk a little bit about this, about why you think that, you know, companies should should get out ahead of this? Sure. You know, this is part of a bigger trend in the world toward transparency. Uh, I mean, we see this in laws now that are banning NDAs. Uh, you know, the, the world, I think, used to have a lot of secrets. 
and that's changing. Uh, you know, if, if there was something going on inside of a company that was wrong, in the old days, nobody dared speak up. You know, today it's going to be on the blind app. It's going to be on Glassdoor. Uh, employees may copy documents and take them to Congress. They may blog about them like Susan Fowler did at Uber. So this is part of a broader trend toward uh, transparency in the workplace, employee empowerment. Uh, and so th this is not something that's going to be isolated, and it's not something that's likely going to go away. You know, I, I think for a while, employers might look at a particular state like Colorado and say, you know what, if Colorado's got a law that is particularly strict, for example, we just won't hire anybody in Colorado. I think those days are changing. You know, just in the pay transparency area, you know, we've now, you know, we're now seeing uh, multiple states, uh, including you know, New York, uh, has a pay transparency law that's going to go into effect in November. And when you've got large states like that, you're not going to be able to easily avoid it. And by the way, this gets into some of the complexities around trying to comply with these laws. Often, you know, we, we see employers advertising nationally for positions that can be uh, filled and the work done anywhere. So in this kind of a world, uh, you've got complexities around which law do I uh, comply with? How do I craft a job posting that uh, can comply with all of the laws all around the country? So I, you know, I, what I think employers have just got to understand is that this is the way the world's moving. You're not going to be able to avoid it. And you're better off embracing it, getting a step ahead of it, complying, you know, even at this point, going beyond compliance in areas that don't yet have these laws because they're coming. Well, and there, there are even more reasons for that, because as you wrote in your column, this poses risks for lawsuits from potential hirees, but it also poses legal risks for current employees uh, who now know what their colleagues are making and are maybe not too happy that they're making less. Um, can you get into that a little bit? Uh, what can and should companies do to avoid lawsuits from their current employees? I remember the days when nobody talked about what they made. Yeah. Uh, that was that was that was private, right? No, uh, no more. Uh, and in fact, the the California law actually has a provision that gives employees the right to get information about their own current salary range. So it's not just this law not only uh, effectively makes your salary ranges public for those jobs where you're hiring but it effectively provides this information for all of your salary ranges. And this is a real challenge, particularly in a world where um, it's often hard to find workers, right? You, you feel like you've got to offer more money to find the right person for a job. Well, in the old days, you could do that and figure, well, my, my current employees won't know. Right? They, they won't know what the new the new person's making, uh, so we can deal with it. You know, we can deal with that later. Uh, well, today an employee can ask about the range. Moreover, when they see a job posting for a colleague, they can immediately recognize whether their pay 
is in the range and is it competitive with the high end of the range and start asking more questions. So um, this has the potential to disrupt the culture of your company. And that's why, you know, when I, when I wrote the column, you know, one of the things that I suggested to, to in-house counsel and to HR leads is you need to get ahead of this by doing an audit now. Right. You, you, you talked about doing a pay audit. That's a, a phrase I haven't heard before. Just can you tell me about what a pay audit is and what's involved there? Well, the first thing I, a pay audit should be is it should be done um, under the attorney-client privilege. Right. So it should be directed and overseen by your counsel. What a pay audit does is it looks to see uh, where people are paid within all of the different job groups in your company, and are there disparities along the lines of gender or race in particular? I think those are two area, two protected areas where there are a lot of issues. So you need to understand if you've got uh, an issue with women or minorities and how they're paid, where they're paid within ranges. And the reason you need to know it is they're about to know it. And you'd what you would love to do, again, is you'd love to get in front of a problem by understanding where the inequities may be in your company and correcting them before they become culture issues or potentially legal issues. Yeah. Now, let me play devil's advocate here for a minute. Um, you know, if I'm a general counsel at a company, I see this and I might say to myself, this is about hiring. Isn't that HR's problem? Or this is about payroll. Isn't that the CFO's problem? Why do general counsels and in-house attorneys need to own this issue? Well, you know, general counsel, as, as I view the position, has a broad responsibility for managing risk across the company. And it's a lot easier to be proactive and to get involved before there's actually a legal or regulatory action against the company. The time to address these sorts of issues is before there's a problem. So this is a time where I would walk down the hall and uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to work with you know, uh, uh, Beth Axelrod, for example, one of the top HR professionals in the country, you know, both at eBay and at Airbnb. And this is where I would walk down the hall and talk to Beth because Beth may not be aware of these changes because Beth's not the lawyer, I'm the lawyer. So that's why I would sit down with Beth and say, Beth, here's, there's a change coming. And this is you know, an area we need to get ahead of. Let's do this together so that you know, we can show employees that we care, do it before it's legally required, and avoid problems down the line. I mean, let's be clear. The, the purpose of these laws is to deal with pay disparity, uh, in, in particularly racial disparity and gender disparity. And this is something that uh, a lawyer, as a leader in the company, too, really ought to care about and, and should be taking a very visible leading role in fixing it. If, if your company hasn't done a pay audit yet and you don't know where women and minorities stand within the different pay grades in your company, I think you're behind right now. And these laws, I think, are going to potentially take a big light and shine it right on this problem in your company. Uh, and I think you need to you need to move quickly uh, to to get involved here. Based on reading your column and now listening to you here, it sounds like the overall message that you're saying is that 
general counsels should be leaving their office and going to other people's offices rather than waiting for their colleagues to come into their offices with a problem, if you know what I'm saying. It's a much more fun way to practice law, I found, right? I I enjoy uh, preventing problems. Uh, You know, we're in a world where it seems that in-house counsel are overburdened and, uh, you know, know, swamped. I I read those things a lot. Uh, The answer to it is often do do more or do something different. If you wait for the problems to come to you, then you, you know, you may find that you are overwhelmed. If you look around corners and anticipate problems before they hit you, you find that they're a lot easier to deal with. And, you know, I think you know, make, make the job even a lot more enjoyable. Finally, um, Getting back to what you said at the top about how this is, you know, we're living in a world with fewer secrets, Um, you know, transparency, at least when it comes to how companies operate and certainly how companies manage their payroll is where we're heading. It sounds like you're saying this is, you know, just something that is happening. Do you think, though, this is a good trend uh, or could there be unintended consequences both for companies and for the workers who are seemingly the beneficiaries of this extra information? Well, the answer is yes in both cases, right? There's no doubt that the intent of these laws is good. Um, we do have, you know, well-documented issues around pay and equity for women and minorities that need to be addressed. And you know, these laws generally have the potential to help address those issues. But I think we also have to understand that these laws have a number of challenges. Uh, you know, you know, one is uh, well-meaning companies may find it very difficult to comply with laws that vary from state to state and even city to city within a state. There may be a need actually for for national action on this front. As a result of that, simple and company, companies may be in the usual position of going to the federal government and say, "Please pass a law on this." Yeah, we we've we've seen that with other issues before, where where companies are asking for standard national regulations. Right. So that's, you know, I think one issue is clearly going to be um, dealing with the the various laws uh, and trying to just trying to comply with all the different laws. Uh, And and look, this this is going to be challenging in a number of other respects. Like the California law, for example, also requires companies to file a report uh, demonstrating um, where minorities and women fit within each pay range uh, at the company today. So they're going to have to basically file a report on themselves showing where there are uh, variances from the median in these pay areas. Um, That in and of itself will be, in in many cases, challenging simply to to get that information uh, in a world where, for example, it may not be clear who is a minority. Sure. Uh, If someone is... Uh, uh, half Hispanic, for example, um, or a quarter, who is a minority. And and I guess you'd, you'd have to ask people to self-identify, and then some people justifiably wouldn't want to, and yeah, it can That's get That's right. They're afraid to self-identify because, ironically, they don't want to be discriminated against. Yeah. And and that makes it even more challenging for, you know, for these companies. So uh, it, there are going to be administrative challenges. There are going to be compliance challenges around these laws. 
there are downsides, no question about it. The intent of the laws is certainly good, and the movement of the world in this direction is certainly good. Yeah. All right. Well, that was Rob Chestnut speaking with us from California. Uh, Rob, thank you so much for talking. Thanks, David. That'll do it for today's episode of On the Merits. It was produced by myself, David Schultz. Our editor is Andrew Satter, and our executive producer is Josh Block. Reach out to us on Twitter if you have anything on your mind. We use the handle at BLaw. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next week. Those nine justices in Washington can be hard to keep track of. That's where we come in. On our podcast, Cases and Controversies, we give you a week-by-week accounting of the Supreme Court, the filings, the arguments, the opinions, and much, much more. Check in on Fridays with Bloomberg Law's Cases and Controversies to find out what's coming up on the horizon of the Supreme Court. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.